Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. Now here's Ankur Singh with his message, My Savior, My God, My Friend. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? All right, boys and girls, I'm going to need your help before I start talking to the grown-ups. I'm going to need your help. If you are in the beginner Sabbath school all the way up through primary, I want you to repeat nice and loud so your parents can hear, okay? Nice and loud after me. I may be a child, but I am special. I may be a child, but I am special to Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Don't forget that, okay? Now we have the juniors all the way up to the youth Sabbath school. Are you ready? It's your turn. I see you up there and I see some down here. Repeat after me. It is cool. It is cool to go to church. It is cool to go to church. Now, we learned these two lessons at flag camp past week. The first one is about Jesus Christ allowing the children to come to him the little children, allowing them to come to him so he could lay his hands on them and bless them. So boys and girls, you are special to Jesus. Don't you ever forget that. And you older kids, it is cool to be in church, to go to church because Jesus was in church for almost three days. You know the story. He was probably here at the way on Friday and he stayed through the Sabbath service. He stayed for prayer at 2 o'clock, and he probably stayed for the elders' meeting on Sunday. So it is cool to go to church. Don't forget that. Shall we have a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your promise that just knowing you and knowing that you love us is a blessing enough. Lord, as we open your word and we look at it, May we walk away blessed, refreshed, and renewed. For we pray this in your most precious name. Amen. All right. Last week, if you were here, Pastor Quintana talked about Jesus, our Savior. And he went through familiar passages. One very familiar passage found in the book of Romans, the fifth chapter where it talked about through Adam, you and I have inherited death, but through Jesus Christ, we inherit life. Through Adam, death, through Jesus, life. And he had something over here. It was a, it was a washing machine and through The analogy of a washing machine, Q talked about the sanctifying power of Jesus. As long as we are in Christ, 
as long as that wash cycle is on, you will be sanctified each and every day because Jesus is our Savior. The week before that, Pastor Q talked about Jesus, our God. And he mentioned, again, familiar passages from the Gospel of John where Jesus made the claim, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And John continued on to say, in beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he goes on to say, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then we heard about a conversation Jesus had with his disciples, with the people, and particularly with the Pharisees. And he made a claim that Abraham rejoiced in his days. And the Pharisees looked at Jesus and reminded him that he was not even 50 years old. And how could he make the claim that he had seen Abraham? And Jesus replied, Assuredly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. It has been made clear to us that Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our God. But I want to talk about Jesus, our friend. But if you look at the sermon title, it says, My Savior my God, my friend. Now, I put that in there because I have taken this message and I have made it personal. And I hope at the end of this, you will make this message personal, where Jesus will be your Savior, your God, and your friend. All right? Speaking of friends, how many of you are familiar with social networks like Facebook? a few of you. How many of you tweet on Twitter? I know you're out there. For those of us who are unfamiliar with social networks such as Facebook, this is something still fascinates me to this day. All you have to do is open an account once you're on the internet. You put in all your information and you create a profile, and you submit this profile. And then what Facebook does is it connects you to other people that somehow may be linked to you, whether they went to the same high school, whether they go to the same church. It doesn't matter. They'll even send you suggestions. Do you possibly know Brad? from Walkersville, and then you can click on Brad's profile, and I think I do know Brad from Walkersville. And then you send a request saying, Brad, would you like to be my friend? And if he recognizes your profile, he will accept, and now both your lives are connected. Everything he does, you will know. Everything you do, he will know. And in this way, you are connected all over the world. Now, Twitter... Twitter, I can't get over this, and I'm still having trouble uh, getting an account set up. But Twitter is basically this. 
You sign up for this service, and you can update your life as much as you want. Let the whole world know what you are up to any time of the day. And if you have a smartphone, and after you've paid your tithe online, you can log on to Twitter and say, I just paid my tithe online. And post it, and the world will follow you. Oh, I remember. I paid my tithe online too. Or somebody might respond, Oh, I forgot to pay my tithe. Or I could be up here, pull out my phone and say, I just started preaching. And they're still awake. (laughs) How do you make your friends? How do you pick your friends? What kind of friends do you have, whether you are on Facebook or off of Facebook? Do you have friends that are just acquaintances? You just know them by face or by name? Or do you have friends that you turn to only in time of need? And outside of those times, you could care less what's going on in their lives? Or do you have friends that you cannot live without? Your lives and their lives are somehow always connected. Somehow always connected. Now the more important question is, what kind of a friend is Jesus to you? Just an acquaintance? Or somebody you turn to only in time of need? Or is he the kind of friend that you cannot, absolutely cannot live without? Turn with me to the Gospel of John. 15th chapter. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 15. I'm going to start reading from verse 12. John 15, verse 12. This is Jesus talking. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And it goes on to say, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. This is my commandment. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. With what authority is Jesus speaking? Jesus, our God. Jesus, our creator. The author of life. Who better than Jesus to tell us how we need to live our lives? The command is to love one another as I have loved you. And if you are my friend, you will obey my commands. And in verse 13, it changes a little bit, like we read earlier. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And again, Jesus is reflecting on his role as our Redeemer on what he was about to accomplish for a friend. Lay down his life. There's no greater friend. But what fascinates me is verse 15. 
where he goes on to say, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you enemies. I have called you friends. I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. No longer does Christ call us servants, but he says, You are my friend. You are my friend. You are the friend of God. God himself has just made you his friend. God. Not a servant, now a friend. Because he has been open with you. Everything that was made available to him, he has shared with you. He has held nothing back. He has gone all out. And God has called you his friend. Do you know who do you stand beside as God's friend? As God's friend, you know who you stand beside? Abraham. Abraham was called God's friend. When King Jehoshaphat was praying, he referred to Abraham as your friend, God. He prayed, we are the seed of Abraham, your friend. This was a title given to Abraham. I don't know about you, but I could never fill Abraham's sandals. I could never. I don't know if I want to. That is a big calling. But God just said, you are no longer my servant, but my friend. But that is not it. Verse 16, so powerful. Verse 16, are you ready? You can read it with me. You did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not choose God first. He chose you. How many of us live our lives waiting around for people to accept us? How many of us live our lives building our value, building our worth, thinking, maybe if I have this, maybe if I've accomplished this, I will be accepted. Jesus didn't wait. As soon as he was blessed by his father, he went down to the people and said, I have made you my friend. Before the world befriended Jesus, Jesus befriended the world. What a friend. How many of us make that effort to not sit back and wait for somebody to become our friends. Instead, we're going out and making friends of the people around us, like Jesus. I want to share a story that's found in the Old Testament about two friends that I think you are very familiar with, found in 
First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17, we'll start reading at verse 58. Now just to bring you up to speed as to what has just happened, David has just defeated Goliath. Israel cannot believe what has just happened. The man who was mocking our God, the Philistine, has been taken down. And in all of this frenzy, Abner, the commander of Saul's army, has been asked to find out who this boy David is. Abner himself didn't know. When they do find out, he's brought before Saul. And we pick up in verse 58. And Saul said to him, to David, whose son are you, young man? And he answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. A simple shepherd. And if we read on, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day, David, and would not let him go from his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt, his bow. Jonathan was proactive. He did not wait to see what else David can accomplish. Maybe he got lucky with that sling. No. He saw the good in David and he was proactive and he made David his friends. I wonder how many of us are like Jonathan. We see potential in people. Not what they look like outside of their father's armor. Not what their hands smell like because they're working with sheep. But we see potential because God sees potential in everyone and makes them their friend. If you read on, it talks about since the victory, Israel started praising David even more than King Saul, which made Saul very, very unhappy. And you hear of Saul's heart turning. The Spirit of God was taken away from Saul, and Saul now is using everything in his power to get a hold of David and kill him. He manipulates his daughter. He even tries using Jonathan, his own son, to get David. What does Jonathan do? Every time he reasons with his father, respectfully, but he reasons. He stayed true to his friend David. And then you read on to the new moon festival where Saul finally decided this was the time David has to be here sitting beside me. That is when 
I am going to end his life. And he makes the invitation, but David does not show up. One day goes by, and a second day goes by. And now Saul is very upset, and he inquires as to David's whereabouts. And Jonathan tells him that he had asked his permission. David had asked Jonathan's permission to not be there. Do you want to hear Saul's response? Let's read it together. Chapter 20, 1 Samuel chapter 20. We'll start at verse 30. Then Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? Your own father, in front of the king's court, says this to you. What would you do? Your own father, the king, turns to you and says this, how would you react? I don't know. I would change my mind about being David's friend. But Jonathan did not. He continued to try and talk to his father. But it did not work. Because you read on and it says in verse 34, For as long as Jesse lives, the son of Jesse lives on earth, you shall not be established nor your kingdom. Now therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Now Saul has just offered up Jonathan's inheritance. As long as the son of Jesse lives, your kingdom shall not be established. Now would you question your friendship? Everything that you are is on the table. Are you going to question your friendship? That wasn't enough. Jonathan answered Saul, his father, and said to him, Why should he be killed? What has he done? Then Saul cast a spear at him to kill him, by which Jonathan knew that it was determined by his father to kill David. He almost lost his life. Now, would you reconsider your friendship? But Jonathan kept true to his promise. He was loyal to David as much as it broke his heart. He was loyal. Can we ever be a friend like Jonathan? Will we ever come close to being a friend like Jesus? Where can we start? How about in the book of James? I'll read it real quick if you want to turn there. James chapter 2. In the back of the Old Testament, James chapter 2. Verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. 
and he was called the friend of God. Abraham believed God. We can start right there. Believe in God. And when you believe in God, do good works like Abraham. And you will be called a friend of God because this is the same appeal that Christ made when he said, I make you my friend if you follow my commandments. I have chosen you to bear fruit and your fruit to yield more fruit. The same appeal Christ made. He said, believe in me and do good works and I will be your friend. We can start right there. Believing, believing and doing good things. Once you put on your Jesus glasses and you look at the world, now who do you see? Do you see just acquaintances? Or do you see friends that you only turn to in time of need? Or do you see friends that you cannot live without? Who do you see? Before I close, I want to share a little video which will give you a little glimpse of what this social networking world looks like. If Jesus was alive today and his disciples walked among us, and if they were all on the social network, what would it look like? If you don't understand what's going on, the one thing I do want you to follow, like it says, are the numbers that are going to be changing.
You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Will you follow Jesus? He followed us in the garden when we sinned. Then he followed us to the cross where he asked us to step aside and he took our place. And then he took our place in the grave and then he rose again on the third day and his word says he is coming soon and he wants you to follow him. He wants you to follow him by loving one another, by being a friend like Jesus because he first chose you and me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so guilty of not following you all the time. It is evident through your word, through prophecy, through time, that you have kept your promises. Lord, it is time that we make a promise to you that we will choose you just like you have chosen us, that we will follow you your example, and befriend everyone. Share the gospel, the good news with them. Let them know of a Savior. Let them know of a God that cares for them. And let them know that my Savior, my God, and my friend is their Savior, their God, and their friend also. Hear our prayer, Lord. Empower us. Shake us from our seats if need be. But let us follow you no matter what because you are our friend. It's only right that we make you a friend too. Amen. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click the sermon audio link. 